You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We're going to have a fun show today, as we do every week. Uh, Yes, we are going to dive into some Dodge talk and some Mustang talk, and I know it seems like we do that all the time. We're going to also touch on BMW M5, and we're going to check in with Mario from Gearhead Fabrications and uh, what they're building for uh, for Goldberg's Dodge Charger. But before we get started, a word from Geico. Though we're apart these days, we are sharing more, and Geico would just like to say thanks for that. Thanks for sharing all your cool, fun videos videos and all your dance moves and DIY haircuts and all the stuff you're posting up on uh, on social media. And now it's Geico's turn to share as well with a Geico give back. It's a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. And because Geico's committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash give back. That's geico.com slash give back. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, with Bill Goldberg. How you doing? Good, buddy. How you doing? Doing all right. It's going to be a cool show. Uh, I believe we have Mario from Gearhead Fabrications uh, uh, joining us for Zoom for a short period of time. It's a little hectic over at the shop, and I know he's got his hands full, so uh, before I say he's definitely going to be on, we'll just figure that out when he actually gets here. Uh, I spoke to him quickly yesterday on the phone, and he said, yeah, yeah, uh, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do it. What is this again? Who are you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I was like... The good part yeah. is, if we don't get him, that's an extra 15 to 20 minutes on my car. Yeah, uh, he was he was definitely working on it. He said he was very... He knows how excited you are about it. He doesn't have, like, a lot of excitement in his voice ever. He's always a bit frazzled. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, working on... Uh, Goldberg's car. He's like, uh, yeah, 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 we are. <laughs> he had to yeah. like take as, a minute. As, as I'm sitting over here like a giddy schoolgirl looking at these pictures, he's got the projects him. going, and I think he just maybe starts to like. I don't, he gets so busy with what he's doing that uh, he even maybe starts to forget who whose car is whose. <laughs> you know, he's this just, may not be the, the the most perfect analogy, but I asked my dad, my dad who was a, a OBGYN, what it was like going. <laughs> work every day and he says it's like just drinking a cup of coffee it's just it's just normal hat so yeah it is. i could see how mark you know how many cars he's had his hands on and you know it, just the speed core cars alone i mean would uh, uh that's a handful so i mean he's he's seen and done so many things my 1500 horsepower twin turbo charger is just a drop of a hat to him i guess but to me like i said i'm like a, sk- a giddy schoolgirl here checking out all the photos and keeping up with the project so uh well speaking of projects before we bring mario on uh, i swung by our friends at uh galpinara sports you know they're working on my truck and uh uh the rear differential looks great i just posted some images uh, as we're sitting here in the studio and we took out the uh took out the whole rear uh uh axle housing took the whole thing apart uh, welded on the new big bearing end caps on the housing and then sent it out, got the whole thing powder coated so it should last a while and look pretty good. And, uh, you know, I just don't like the the rusty, dirty rear end. And this was a t- chance to, to get it looking pretty good. So it's got a fresh coat of powder coat. The welds came out great. 
I got the big uh, Mark Williams axles, the custom axles going in. Uh, they were custom made, so let's hope to God they're fit. They fit, <laughs> you know. I think just like a a little bit of room, you know, a little too long, a little too too short. My thought is 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 if they're too short, that's an issue. But if they're too long, we could probably shave it down a little. Put it well, on at least you guys didn't have to take the responsibility of doing it. You can you can place the blame elsewhere. Yeah, and uh, they work with a group out here that that has a jig for the housing. So when they weld the axle ends on uh, the big bearing ends, it'll uh, it's all squared up. You know, it's perfect every time, and that's that's kind of an issue as well. So it looks good. And then the steering, as you know, we've been developing, uh, trying to get the steering box to work, and. <laughs> There's uh there's some good news. I'm laughing because I'm having a steering box issue on my truck. So well, there you go. Oh, okay. I, I feel your pain. I, I honestly, uh, steering box issue, steering box issues, they're very common in the in the Dodge trucks, especially the older ones, um, and uh, and the Fords. And what you'll actually figure out is a lot of the Dodge trucks have a re- reverse rotation uh, steering box, and mm-hmm. I don't know why. I didn't think of this or the Galpin guys or the guys at Flaming River when I explained what we were doing. But this is what happened is we custom mounted the steering box. Everything worked great. We found a pitman arm to work great. <laughs> but that steering box is, is I, I told you, it was a, it's a brand new unit from Flaming River. It's a great, great quality piece. Um, nothing rebuilt. All fresh and new. Made here. <clears throat> And uh, we got it mounted on, but it's for uh, like our early Camaros, some bunch of GM vehicles. But on the GM vehicles, the steering linkage is behind the steering box. So between the front of the car and the engine, right? Uh, it's 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 uh, between the steering box and the engine. So the steering box, the, the steering shaft comes you know down from the steering wheel into the steering box. And then the pitman arm would essentially point down and toward the oil pan would be the steering linkage on my truck the linkage is in front of the steering box and although it hooks up the same this is what happens is if your linkage connects on the back side of the steering box it works fine if it connects on the front side of the steering box it's essentially the opposite turning. I can see you gesturing with your hands. So the guys are like, this is going to be sweet. They lower the lift. They just oh. go to test it. And uh, he turns the wheel to the right, and the steering wheel, and the wheels turn left. And it's, left. It, it goes back and forth. So, uh, so what we're trying to figure out, there's basically two things we can do. <clears throat> One is... There is an aftermarket component that is uh, basically like a a steering shaft reversal. So imagine your steering shaft coming from the steering wheel to the steering box. Whatever it is on that truck, it's about 12 inches long. And what you would do is you'd cut that shaft, and there's a gearbox that goes in line. And it reverses the gear. So... As you turn to the right, it has a planetary gear or whatever on the inside, and it'll turn it to the left. That's one option. I don't necessarily like that option. It adds a whole new complexity to the steering shaft. 
It probably removes the collapsible uh, section of the steering shaft. It's a little bit of a safety issue, Um, but it is one option. Option two would be, can we take the steering box apart and and the big chunky worm gear that's in there, uh, there are reverse boxes, but not necessarily a power box or something like this, that r- worm gear in there. Can we find one that is in the opposite direction from another piece, or can we fabricate one? And um, I don't think it would be that tough to fabricate one uh, on the lathe or the CNC machine, and, and it would be worth the cost for me to do it. The question is, is, is I just don't know enough about the materials. It seems like it's a – this isn't like a billet wheel. It's maybe you know a piece of aluminum that's in there. I think you need something much, much stronger than that, and I don't know. I haven't got a chance to talk to anybody in that space and go, you know, hey, you know, the – the guys like Evod or somebody that does a lot of uh, custom billet pieces, like can we – are you just machining aluminum? Do you have something much stronger? What can we make? We could take the gear out of that box, scan it, measure it, make an exact replica that spins the opposite way. I'm thinking. I don't know. So the guys at uh, Galpin are, are making a few calls today to some of the experts in the, in the space that rebuild steering boxes to say, hey, do you have a reverse gear? In which case, we can just take it apart or just send it out and flip it over in a day, and it's done. So it could be an easy fix. But right now, it's a little hilarious that uh, – or I could just drive it every time I want to turn right. I got to go left. And this whole process <laughs> is a little hilarious. I mean, it's uh, the thing that comes to mind is the word endless – or the, the, the phrase endless loop. Yeah. One thing always leads to another, It, man. it, it does. Sucks. But when they called me and they said, hey, this is the issue we have – I, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all. I said, "Give me a couple, you know, give me a couple hours. I got to finish some some work. I'll come down there. We'll brainstorm this thing. It's fine." I knew this was all custom. I knew we were going to run into some issues. I was surprised it was going as smoothly as it was. Uh, so anyway, we got over there. We went through a few issues. <laughs> However, that being said. I got in the truck. We lowered it down a little bit off the lift. We didn't put it on the ground. Obviously, there's no rear end on it. Um, but we lowered it down and unlocked the steering wheel and man, that thing is nice. It is so smooth. It's tight. Uh, you know, we didn't fire it up and put power behind it. We didn't hook up the lines yet, but, uh, we have a solid shaft, no, um, uh, rag joint, uh, all brand new U joints, brand new quick ratio steering box. That thing is two and a half turns lock to lock. So if you're driving straight and you want to go full right, it's only like a turn and a quarter. And you're, you know, I mean, the, the quick ratio and how smooth that's that a hell of an advancement to what you had. Oh my God. Good I God. mean, the, the, the stock box <laughs> Old school. was like, oh my gosh, it was like six turns lock to lock or something crazy like that or four and a half. And, it, it was so sloppy already, having 100,000 miles and the rag joint being worn down, the box being worn down. It had like, I don't know, two inches of play each direction before you even – just when you're doing 60 miles an hour down the road, it it felt kind of scary, you know? Um, so we're going to bring up – we're going to bring Mario in, but it's it's so much nicer now. So I, I hope we can get this, this figured out. I'd hate to have them go, oh, we can't do it, and now we got to go back to the old solution. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, no way. Uh, Mario from Gearhead Fabrications. How are you, buddy? 
Uh, I can't hear Mario. I don't know if it's on. He's, his he's muted on his end. He's, we just have to wait for him to unmute. Okay. Is that working? Yes. There you go. All right. Cool. Sorry about that. No problem. What's up, Mario? <laughs> What's going on, dude? Smile, man. You're on candid camera. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about uh, how busy you are over there, and I got you on the phone yesterday, and I was like, "Hey, is this Matt? I do the show with Goldberg." You're like, "Who?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, you know, you're working on Bill's car, and you're like, I am." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it's just, one of the cars in there. I I know you're sort of you get so busy with the cars. I don't even know if you know whose car is who at this point. You're just build, build, build. Uh, it blurs together. That's for sure." Um, but uh, we're very excited about what you're doing over there for uh, for Bill's car. He's walked us through some of it, but give us a little uh, update. Like, what are you doing to the car, and where? What's the status now? Um, obviously, we're doing a Psycho Twin Turbo build um, right now. We got uh, we're working on the turbo kit, some of the exhaust components, and uh, finalizing all that so we can go out for powder coat, Cerakote, that type of thing, and then we'll start putting the. Uh, we got mock-up stuff in it now as far as motor and trains. We'll start putting the real stuff in, finishing the fuel system, and uh, building the roll cage and parachutes. Actually, the parachute system's done. The parachutes. <laughs> well, you know, for the street, of course. <laughs> the parachutes. First day I pick Gage up from school, I'm going to deploy it right as I drop him off. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Uh, it would be funny to do, rolling around with, with, with the parachutes. All right, so... What? Let's back up on the car. We know it's a Dodge Charger, um, but uh, uh, forgive me, Bill. You you have a handful of these things. Is this wide body or not? You're doing the wide body, the carbon fiber wide body from Speedcore on this one. Yeah, it's the same iteration as the Challenger. Same thing that I did to it. You know, it was a skinny tire car, turned it into a wide body carbon fiber, and then we just kind of went absolutely berserk with this one. Totally different. Uh, different direction but you know i've never I've, I've got one turbo car that's all i've had my entire life it'd, it'd be nice to be able to compare the two and uh i mean why not have a twin turbo four-door charger you know with like 1500 horse that's sick man why not now at one point you guys were kicking around the idea of all-wheel drive versus rear-wheel drive and you decided on rear-wheel drive right is why is that? Was just the all-wheel drive is very complex, very expensive. It's just not quite there yet. Like, what? Why pick the rear-wheel drive? Well, that's just what I chose. I mean, I saw what they did with the with the all-wheel drive when we went out there and they tested it. I saw. Um, I, I guess the best answer is that it's it makes it different, right? There's only one of those that's made. Um, I don't want an all-wheel drive iteration of it's it, it basically be a carbon copy of what they did last year. I don't I don't want to do that. I mean, I'm already copying it enough as it is. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm and I'm curious to see how the car competes against you know time wise against the all-wheel drive with I you driving or with Leah cool. driving. <laughs> Leah, not me. Are you kidding me? <laughs> or my wife? <laughs> yeah, someone someone that's calm. Someone, you know, that won't break things. Maybe Mario will take it down the first time. Yeah, we can do that. We just had uh, some noise at the shop, actually. You guys find out what that is, maybe? It's a squirrel. We heard a big boom. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. We didn't hear it over here. I'm just... Well, good. Well, it wasn't my car. No, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. 
So tell us oh, what man. what do you need to do to the car to prep it for for the twin turbo and uh, and this kind of horsepower you're making now. You say fifteen hundred. Are you running E eighty five? Is there a is there a ninety one octane or a ninety three octane tune and then a, an E eighty five tune? How are you setting it up, Mario? Um, I guess that'll be up to Bill if he actually wants a pump gas tune, but it will be E eighty five, especially when we start turning up the boost. Um, we made, as far as prepping it, I mean, we had to make a lot of room. So we got rid of a lot of, uh, brackets and components and we got rid of the supercharger, you know, that type of thing that converted over to, uh, the twin turbo setup. But I mean, on low boost, you could probably put that thing on 91 octane. I think that would work if he really wanted to. But, How much you know. power do you think you make on 91? Um, 91 is tough on 93. I've made like my personal car makes 840 at the tire on 93 octane. Yeah. And that's about where I start getting uneasy over that, you know. That's that's over 900 at the crank. That's a lot for, you know, pump fuel. 91 octane, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's even less octane. So it's, you know, it's tough. But, you know, that car on five pounds would probably run around no problem. Yeah. I- yeah, I don't, I don't you know, having the, uh, the <clears throat> Challenger that you guys built – um, and it being E85 and me having it for the last four or five months, I've yet to run into a problem finding E85 out here. So if we did the, the 93 tune just for convenience and we lost horsepower, I could care less about it. I, I, I don't think, you know, if it's a convenience issue, I don't have any desire to go 93. We can it go depends 85. where people are. Yeah, you know, different does. places have have problems getting you know ethanol, and some places don't. In uh, in in Texas now, like you're saying, Bill, it's probably uh, much more available out here, especially in LA. Yeah. I can only think of I'm sure there's more than one dealer. I can only think of one dealer, uh, like in the Brentwood area, uh, that that seems to have it. Um, but, uh, other than that, you know, we've got, we've got terrible 91 octane out here. So, uh, yeah, Texas, we got 93 everywhere you, you, you look. And then within 20 miles of me, I've got three gas stations that have E85. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, it takes you 18 miles to get off the property. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Mario, you can vouch that it's not the truth. It, it's true. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Um, uh, tell us about the buildup of the engine. How do you get this engine built? This is a, I mean, I know the, uh, the Hellcat engines are, are pretty beefy to begin with. You guys can make a lot of power off of that um, without really pulling, uh, pulling the heads off of it. But this one you guys decided to build up. What goes into it? Uh, yeah, definitely. We're not making uh, his requested horsepower on a stock engine, but uh, we just did, you know, uh, basically a forge bottom end. We did utilize a, uh, a OEM crankshaft, but we got it from the Demon. So it's a Demon crankshaft with a BGE block, which is like a Demon block. Um, and then we did a rod and a piston upgrade. But the other components, I'm a stock cubic inch guy, so I like to spin them higher, turn up the boost, but for the most part, Dodge did a good a good job with some of those components, so we use that. Then we use uh, T Tech heads, and uh, you know, supporting modifications, big head studs, that type of thing. What compression do you guys run, knowing the the target horsepower you're going for? Uh, it depends on the fuel. This one will be over 10, 10 to one for sure. Um, but it depends on you know depends on the customer what fuel we're going to be running, and of course, goal and and uh, and boost total boost, you know. 
So 10, 10 to one, it seems pr- pretty high considering this, this level of horsepower, but it is because you're able to, you're running it on, on, on E85. If you're going to turn right. down the boost and run it on pump gas, uh, like you said, you're, you're going to be at what, five pounds of boost to make that happen. Right. Absolutely. But I mean, I'm not afraid of compression. We'll run more compression than that and it'll be fine. You know, it just, there's a whole lot of tuning and just making sure we got a good fuel in there. Also, you know, streetcar, race car, that type of thing. Speaking of tuning, Mario, how's the all-wheel drive car doing after, you know, putting miles on it? Uh, seems to be fine. Can't complain. It's a good street-driving car. She's so mellow on the street, it's hard to believe, really. Awesome. It's, it's, it's great that you guys did that first, as, the, as mine is not the, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the first test subject. Yeah, right? It's not the guinea pig out there. You'd be the first Charger twin turbo Hellcat, you know, rear wheel drive, that type of deal. I haven't done that before. We've done all of the challengers. Gotcha. Well, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited. Get back to work. For God's sakes, what are you doing wasting your time talking on the phone? <laughs> well, you know, somebody called. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, before we wrap up, what's um, what's what's next on the list for you guys? And tell us a little bit about about gearhead fabrications we've talked a lot about the dodge stuff and seen what you've done at the racetrack and at the sema and magnaflow but are you all dodge or 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 not you know we we started life as a, a chassis shop it was all fabrication that's what my roots were so cages and parachutes and turbo systems you know and it just evolved as somebody needed something and i kind of did something he told a friend and then all of a sudden i found myself uh with a full-blown performance shop in-house dyno we we tune in-house we do everything in-house and now it's like a one-stop shop but it just that's just how it happened and i enjoy it so it's going to continue going as far as the dodge platform a lot of people especially when the hellcats came out 2015 and stuff they were just afraid of it and i didn't it's just nuts and bolts to me so we got good at it. We started going down that road and now we got a shop full of Hellcats and Trackhawks and SRT Jeeps and all kinds of Dodge products. So I'm happy with it. It's fine. Right on. And uh, you guys are in Florida, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Still, uh, no, Jensen Beach, Florida. We moved recently. You did. You just forgot where you was for a second there. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's like, we're in Florida. Not exactly sure where. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, I appreciate the time. And uh, as Bill said, we'll let you get back to it. Um, guys, it's Gearhead Fabrications. Uh, you've heard us talk about them quite a bit. It's all over uh, uh, Bill's social media as well. Um, follow on on, uh, on Bill's uh, project. But also give these guys a follow, Gearhead Fabrications, on Instagram and their Facebook page. You can see all the crazy shit that you guys are doing, and it's fantastic stuff. Uh, they're making good horsepower, making big numbers. But uh, these these guys are doing it in a way that that seems to work. And that's be the that's the big thing out there. Is a lot of people can make big numbers, but can you make big numbers and and do it again and again and again in something that you can drive? Because uh, trust me, man, when you deliver that car to Bill, Bill's going to put some miles on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll get abused. I just clicked ten thousand on the red eye, so yeah. yeah. See, there you go, ten thousand miles on your red eye already, which is fantastic because you. I mean, there's going to be miles on this car, so if you need a good beta tester, you're, he's your man. <laughs> you're damn right. And and I'll just put it out there, man. You know, Mario and the guys over there, uh, the only thing that's better than the work that they pump out is the uh, relationships that you're able to, to garner with these guys. They're they're wonderful to work with, and uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful experience. So, Mario, get your ass off there. 
Well, hopefully you showed him some photos and stuff so everybody can see what's going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to uh, over-inundate people with them. But, yeah, yes, yes, I'm putting them out there. But I, I got to tell you, and I've said this three times today, I'm like a skinny schoolgirl every time you send me a new picture. Um, I appreciate <laughs> it. You guys uh, you guys are uh, making one happy car guy. So get back to work again. Be good. See you guys later. Thank appreciate you for coming. It. Thanks, buddy. We'll check in with you again right, soon. Thanks. Later, guys. Thanks. He's uh, so understated. Yeah, listen, uh, it, it, it's good. Actually, it's probably the first break he took, so he did uh, he did giggle a little bit there. So uh, uh, it was good. Look, those guys are doing good stuff. And like you were saying, um, you know, you brought up a good a good point is is the all wheel drive uh, uh, charger. How's that thing running since its debut at SEMA? You know, um, they wanted to get it out there, and you guys took it to the to the track and and uh, laid down some runs with it at the drag strip and. See how the thing and that was the first time they literally pulled it right off the trailer and, and didn't even tune the thing really. And they were they were actively tuning as they were going. And so don't think for two seconds that I didn't ha- bank that in the back of my mind when I wanted this car built because mm-hmm. there was there was the guinea pig already out there. Yeah, well, it looks good. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great to get that thing. How far out do you think they are? About another month or so. Pro- well, I think altogether probably two months, but um, it's going to be really hard to contain myself for two to four months or whatever. I guess it's going to be a MagnaFlow at SEMA. I don't know what capacity SEMA is going to be held, but um, we got some really cool news about this car coming out. So. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned SEMA, and I got a few updates on that. Um, and. I mean, not a lot of of useful information, but uh, as you guys know, the plan for SEMA is to still happen. Uh, Booth selection happened for a lot of the companies, um, and registration is open for for media and attendees. Uh, However, I don't know that the SEMA organization yet has issued the rules on how they're going to do things. So a lot of companies kind of still feel like it's on the fence. You know, they're saying, hey, we're moving forward and planning the event because it takes a lot of planning for the event. But we don't have a lot of information as to uh, how it would happen. Are they going to check temperatures of everybody at the door? And what does that do to the lines? Are they going to limit the amount of people? Are the hallways in between booths going to be bigger? Which that would actually be tough to do because one of the reasons why – so many of these companies are signing up to have a booth at SEMA is because uh, the way it works is is it, there's a seniority program going on. So if you – we talked about the airlines. There's airlines that are flying planes that are empty because they have to fulfill these routes to basically get seniority on these routes and stuff. And it's a little bit like that at the, on the show floor over there. So if you want your good booth space next year or the next year, you kind of have to show up. I did speak to uh, to uh, a few guys in in the space, a few of the manufacturers that we work with in the space, and if they move forward with this, their booths are going to be a little different. We're probably not going to see much in the way of of celebrity signings and photograph sessions. That's just a lot of hand holding, literally hand holding. Um, and uh, and probably uh, less on some of the booths that have a hospitality section and bring some of the people in the booths and and stuff. It, it's uh, probably going to be less of that as well. Now, keep in mind the SEMA show, although a media spectacle, is a trade show, 
and there is business to be done. There's a lot of international buyers that go and, and see the new products and sit down with the sales team and the owners of these companies and make their deals. And uh, what is that going to do um, to their business? One, probably far fewer international uh, buyers going to be there. Um, the, uh, there are lots of limitations on travel. So you know, does it make sense to have an expensive booth at SEMA? If your international buyers aren't going to be there, or or you know, ten percent of them are going to be there, uh, and and they might end up limiting media. Um, we just saw uh, IndyCar race in in Texas, and they only allowed like eight media people there on site, but they did their press conferences like via Zoom just for the media, and like thirty or forty uh, media representatives were were. On camera, basically, like kind of what we're doing here because they have to limit it. Uh, so I'm not sure what it's going to do to SEMA, but it potentially does allow for more cars to be shown, like you're saying, it, Bill. Like your your car would potentially show up in a Magnaflu booth or something else because if they don't change the booth, some of them guys will – There'll probably be fewer meeting spaces and more room for either new parts or 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 cars. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting environment for sure. I'm supporting it. If look, if there's a SEMA show that's going to happen, I'll go. I'll I'll follow the rules. I'll take the precautions. I'll wash my hands. I'll wear the mask. I'll do whatever they want me to do. But I'll go because I'm such a fan. Just of hit it. the clean hand solution trailer before you go in. There you go. You should bring a bunch of those things out there. You should park them up and down the inside in the lobby in the main lobby there. Uh, your trailers out there. I'm surprised. I hope you're making calls on that right now. By the way, by the way, I I hope your team is out there doing it. Which I'm, which leads me to Barrett Jackson being online now. Yeah, you know, Barrett Jackson. That was, that was the online. first call I made was to Barrett Jackson, and and you know now you see they're going online. So it's 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 a new norm for everybody, man. In every space, in every walk of life, it's. It's weird because you can't get complacent because things could change at the drop of a hat and SEMA could be canceled. SEMA could be going on. I mean, you have to prep for everything happening, I, I believe. I had a conversation with IndyCar and um, I, I, let me think about – I need to be very – sensitive as to what I could talk about versus what I can't talk about. Um, not to be a dick about it. It's just there's a lot going on and I don't want to ruin it for anybody or or, mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. But um, their plan, Roger Penske's plan so far, is to move forward with an Indy 500 and to move mm-hmm. forward with fans in the audience. But that being said, uh, it, it's still – kind of too far away. We're starting to find out it's too far away. Believe it or not, August 23rd is too far out. They have a race coming up in in a, in a week. They think they know it's going to happen. Then they have one in a couple of weeks, and they don't really know what's going to happen. So um, here's the tough part is Indy 500 is not a small event. This thing is massive. It's one of the largest spectator events in, in the world, right? So to to coordinate all of that and make that happen, security and lines and bathrooms and blah, 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 you know, um, takes a huge effort. So uh, I can tell you that that they're making the investment, the money, the manpower, as if the event's going to happen. But we don't know what the numbers, you know, uh, coronavirus tests and, and whatever, what, what it's going to do. Um, 
But they do have a good relationship with the uh, with the city officials and the state and the county and everyone that's supposed to be involved with something like this. Everybody knows it's a huge event. It brings commerce in there. Um, uh, it's not a frivolous event by any means. It sounds like it is because it's just you know you're like oh we're going to a car race. But think about what it does to that to that town. How much money is filtered in? And now more than ever, the restaurants and the coffee shops and the hotels. You know, they, they all need that money. So if there's something to be done there. Well, what's um, strange is that, you know, not just looking at Indy, but looking at everything, everything, it's a fluid situation. Everything changes at every moment, but every, every event has to be run in accordance to that state's guidelines. And every state is different. Well, it's seemingly every state's different now as to masks and, you know, distancing. And so it's, it's, yeah. It's fluid. It's got to. It's different every location that they race at. Yeah, it is, and and every every uh, every relationship that they have with these city officials or county officials changes. Uh, you know, like you said, from place to place and track to track. I think there's supposed to be an event at Bristol. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. There's a plan to make it happen. Um, uh, people are trying to get these things done and come up with ways to do it. I mean, look, we we just found out recently, and Adam and I will talk about it more, I'm sure, uh, later this week on 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 uh, on Carcast. But um, we knew Monterey Car Week was canceled, and then we were told the race was going to happen, and uh, we just got the official word: the race is not going to happen. Yeah. Now, um, now what they are trying to do is. Make the track available sometime in August as a track day. No spectators, no, I don't know, vendor booths, none of that stuff. Just just like, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I went to Willow Springs with, you know, 30 friends, sort of a mm-hmm. version of that. Uh, my guess is even on a large scale track day event like that, 100 cars, not 550 cars. And 550 is what the Rolex Historics get. You know, maybe pare it down to 100, 120 cars and some crazy limitations. Like they were going to be like, hey, uh, you know, Bill, if you were going to go to the track and Wanda wanted to go and Gage wanted to go, they would say, no, only one person can go with you. Mm-hmm. And and the and uh, I believe like the trailers um, in the paddock area where, where you pit have to be 100 feet apart from each other. Uh, and and I you know tune in later this week. I think Adam has some more specifics on that, so we'll try to get into it. But he has some of what they believe the rules are going to be. Uh, uh, you know, so our thought is, well, we definitely want to get some seat time in the cars. We've got the the different drummer five ten that Adam wants to drive. He's been clamoring for that for a while. So I don't know. Maybe it turns into a great test and tune day for us if we still want to go up there. Or maybe we bring two cars up there and do something. I, I don't really know yet, so we'll figure that out a little bit more. But uh, it's uh, it's interesting. But as far as work, you know, restaurants are starting to open here in L.A. And it seems like we're kind of the last to, to get on, onto that um, uh, with some very interesting limitations. And uh, – and film and production was supposed to open June twelfth. I assume with some pretty intense limitations and, and rules uh, regarding that as well. And that's a weird thing because some things are done on a soundstage or in a studio, and some things are done on location. and And uh, it's it's 
it's it's kind of wacky. I mean, the, the stuff that you work on when you got when you go in and do a sitcom like The Goldbergs, doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, you know off the studio lot type of stuff. And then when you go in and do something like an NCIS Los Angeles. You're on, I guess, the Paramount lot. You're probably on the Paramount lot. You're filming a bunch of stuff there. And then the next day, they're like, yeah, you got to meet us 30 miles out, you know, Palm Springs. You got to meet us in Long Beach. You got to go there because now we need, you know, we need a fight scene and shooting and location stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, what is that, you know, each one of those uh, cities may go, yeah, our rules are different. You know, what Venice is going to do is going to be different what Long Beach is going to do. You know exactly. Um, anyway, enough about that stuff. More car news uh, before we wrap it up. Of course, um, you know the big news that's out there uh, is is the Mustang Mach One that we've been talking about. Everybody's sort of releasing their cars virtually. Uh, the Mustang Mach One looks fantastic. Um, the specs on it are good. I will tell you this: is uh, it's four hundred and eighty horsepower. Um, and I, I think it's 420 or 460 pound-feet of torque. I'll look it up for you. But uh, I was a little bit disappointed with the horsepower number. I was expecting a little bit more. But that being said, I'm not too worried about it, right? Because that's what the aftermarket is for. You know, if you want the big horsepower number and the supercharger and all the crazy bits on it, step up to the GT500. But if you want to get something and modify it on your own, you spend half as much money, you know, you know, maybe a little more than half. You get something like the Mach 1 and you personalize it the way you want. I, uh, a few things that are going to come up with people uh, that I've already seen on social media, they say, hey, it's a Mach 1. There's no shaker hood scoop. There's no rear window louvers. And uh, – and, it's 480 horsepower. And I said, yes, those are going to be the three things that the aftermarket is going to tackle and have a lot of fun with. So don't worry about that. For a few hundred bucks or whatever, you're going to get the, you're going to the hood scoop and the louvers. You're going to get different oh, yeah. variations of it, and you're going to be fine. What I can tell you about the car is, is the specs are lining up to be quite fantastic. I love that the Mustang now is – has evolved into a car that gets aerodynamics testing and it's in the wind tunnel and uh, and and they're putting so much work into it at a at a car that you know starts at I don't know thirty thousand bucks and you know for the EcoBoost and then the GTs a little bit more and then um, and then this car I guess is going to fall somewhere into the fifty thousand dollar range the Mustang Bullet. If you guys recall, I said was probably the most bang for the buck for a good sports car out there. It's basically a Mustang GT performance pack, but it has the upgraded Tremec transmission instead of the uh, whatever this, the thirty six fifty or whatever the smaller Tremec is, um, or the, uh, the the smaller transmission. I don't think it is Tremec, but um, that's having some issues. I think the the normal six B was actually recalled or something recently, but the Tremics are not. So the Bullet has the upgraded Tremic transmission. It has the intake manifold from the GT350, uh, the latest calibration for Magnaride. And at 50 grand, you get all of that stuff 
in 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 a limited edition car. The Mustang Mach One is following that program. So now you're basically getting a lot of the bullet stuff, basically the same engine, the intake manifold, the latest Magnaride suspension. But now they're taking bits from the GT350 and the GT500. They're taking bushings and they're taking some of the aero bits, uh, revised front end, revised front splitter. It has a, a bigger belly pan underneath for better aerodynamics. And uh, and I believe the specs were something like in normal trim for the Mach 1, there's 20% increase in downforce. And when you get the performance pack, it's like 150% uh, increase in downforce. Um, and uh, and I believe the rear wing is taken off of the GT500, which was aero tested as well. So it it looks cool. I like what they're doing with it. I think it's going to be a really, really good jumping off point of uh, for for a car that you want a hot rod, I've been I just spent a week in the GT five hundred driving it around town. You guys know that I've track tested it, but I I love that car. It is and uh, and not to not to pick on the uh, on uh, on the crazy Hellcats, but I I'll tell you this because we love those as well. Is a, a few weeks ago I had the Dodge Charger wide body Hellcat, and that thing is a beast of a car, but as you know uh, better than anybody and, and it's it's a handful that that thing can be scary for sure you can put all that tire in the back and it just tears up those tires and we've attempted to drag race it both with launch control and without launch control and you really got to be careful to get a good launch on that thing or you can richard rawlings the wall uh you, you never know and i i can tell you that i felt like the gt500 um was I think in its base mode, the way they, they do the throttle tip in is less sensitive and, and allows you a little bit more control over the vehicle. Now, when you put it in the other modes, it gets as crazy as you would expect it would, but it does seem uh, a, a little bit easier to drive for somebody that's a little less experienced or, or yeah, or, or a little less uh, hot rodding, hot rodding around. So, and um, when you want to progress to the big boy toys, you get a you get a Dodge. So I guess, I guess you could do that or you could just turn on the sport mode of the GT 500. But, uh, uh, so now the Dodge does it with an extra thousand pounds. It's funny how you go, you, 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 you'll slide the Ford, I'll slide the Dodge. As, as I slide the Dodge, I'll pull something off the internet that I saw yesterday. Or earlier today, how about the first run with the elephant and the Challenger down yeah. the track? You seen that one yet? Yeah, I I, I did see the clip for that. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, now pretty impressive. I was already impressed when we did Spring Fest a while back, and they had uh, the the old Charger there, I believe, but with the elephant engine in it. I think it was another yeah, speed. Yeah. Was it a speed core car? Yeah, speed core car. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, um, tantrum, I think it is, I think it is, uh, I think, is that, is that the one that has the elephant engine or no, I think their carbon fiber one is tantrum. And then there was another one and it was named, I forgot what it is. Chris might be, might be able to find, but there's, there's a, there's like a 69 or 68 charger with a elephant engine in it. And I think the name has some sort of spin on the elephant name. And uh, it was parked next to the um, to the wide body concept, the Charger Wide, and then Trosel jumped into it and fired it up. 
Yeah, gotcha. And it, gotcha. With the fender flare, big fender flare. Yeah, one. yeah. And it sounded 69 it, it sounded crazy. Actually, it was in the Mopar booth last year, right? Yeah. It wasn't because the Speedcore one, which was great, uh, that one they had already built and, and shown. It yeah. was it was at Springfest, but this was, I guess, the Dodge one or the Dodge built one, or they commissioned it to have it done. Uh, we'll find out what it is at some point, but I'm seeing a couple things. I'm seeing supercharger, and I'm also I'm also just seeing them calling it the Mopar Elephant. So I don't. Is, yeah, that see, I, 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 yeah, I don't even I don't know if they actually named it. You know, like Speedcore did with his cars. Yeah, I, I, it may have just been that. Maybe I, I, how they referred to it. I remember seeing the car. It, it thing's killer. Yeah, but and, it sounded. I sick. can't wait to see what people are going to do with that great motor. That man. thing sounded. I mean, the potential sounded with that sick. thing is going to be sick. I can't wait to see what you do with one of those crate motors. <laughs> I can't wait to see what I do with the twin turbo four door. All right, so all right, enough Dodge stuff, enough Ford stuff. I apologize. These are the things that we like. I know a lot of guys bitch and go, "Yeah, this is the Ford show," and I was like, "That's not true." Sometimes it's the Dodge show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, there's a few other cars. We won't be able to get to them all, but I will talk about this is um, uh, BMW M5. I'm a fan of BMW. You guys know that. I, I have my M3, my hot rotted out M3 that uh, I'm thinking about selling. We've got it all dialed in. Um, it's fast as shit. I'm going to put it on the dyno to get a number for you. We got the cooling issues, the tune. Um but it's I don't know it's twenty five and a half twenty six thousand miles and I kind of feel like do I drive it or do I park it and if I park it what what am I doing right like now I have a really cool car that doesn't really fit this show and this show is about you know building shit and 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 flogging it a little bit so uh, I don't know I guess I could sell it and finish the projects that I have or sell it and pick up something new the Mach one is cool I don't know GT five hundred GT five hundred or something vintage if you ask my girlfriend she says get something that runs <laughs> and i said what's the fun in that so not vintage <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so what's the yeah. fun in that but um that being said bmw is uh, uh finally released an upgrade to the m5 and it has the visual and cues of the current five series um it has uh you know the revised headlights the tail lights a little bit sharper body line it refreshes uh, uh the look of it um Inside, there's uh, some upgrades in the technology. What we had was the 10 and a quarter inch uh, touchscreen, or, or, or I don't even know if it's touchscreen now. I don't even remember. I haven't been in a BMW in a while. But uh, the 10 and a half inch screen is a now a 12.3 inch screen. Um, I loved how uh, BMW does wireless CarPlay. So instead of just jumping in your car and plugging in your phone and getting CarPlay, they, whatever, pay the extra licensing fee or develop the t- technology to do wireless. You just don't even have to take it out of your pocket or you throw it in the console or whatever. And uh, wireless CarPlay is introduced for that car now, as well as wireless Android Auto. And I know that's a big thing for a lot of you guys out there. Um, the uh, On the standard M5, the engine and the suspension all pretty much remain the same, but on the M5 competition package, which did run a little bumpy, uh, they did revise the uh, the suspension on that, new calibrations on the shocks and, and, and I believe some of the bushings, uh, and 
it it's a more compliant ride, so it's a little bit easier. So you can get the competition package. That was kind of one of the things I heard a lot on the competition package for the for the X five M competition and the M five was it runs a little bumpy, maybe not the most comfortable thing, especially as a as a daily driver that you want a normal mode and a crazy mode in and uh uh, so I, I haven't driven it. We'll see how this thing goes. Um, I'm curious to know for you guys that are super into BMWs, uh, if anybody gets a hold of the 2021, maybe this will be a question for Alistair Weaver when we get him back in and say, hey, is the competition worth getting? Is it is it bumpy? Is it worth the money? Is it worth the horsepower bump or should you not get it? But What's your opinion about no uh, engine, no uh, performance upgrades? On you know the thing. The thing was pretty. Th- this isn't a, a a a new platform. This is a, a facelift where the M5 is catching up with the, with the current five series. Um, so if you want the styling pieces and the technology, I think it's there. Uh, I think the horsepower and stuff are are good. I mean, it would have been okay with a little bit of a horsepower bump, but again, we can do that in the aftermarket. Uh, but I'm okay with that carryover engine because that engine has some development time and stuff on it already. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about cars that are um, a little more finicky and a little more difficult for for us who like to open the hood on a car to, to futz around with, right? So um, that might be the understatement of the day. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, like if you get a if you get a few years under your belt, uh, the manufacturer gets a few years under their belt with with that engine, then then hopefully some of the things are worked out. Like I I kind of don't really want to go under the hood of my BMW or of a BMW or a new Audi, uh, uh, you know, kind of for that reason. So um, it's 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 good and it's bad. I kind of feel this way about the Mustang Mach E electric vehicle. On spec, on on paper, it looks good. It looks like it's going to be fast. I've seen the thing. It looks good. I rode in one. It seems to work. But is the first year the year to get that or or not, right? And uh, now if you – again, when you – Two different modes of thinking, you know. For, yeah, for it's the, like, for, hey, for you want resale, it? resale, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, here's the thing is is I don't know if they're doing a lease program or if there's an aftermarket lease program, but um, you know the advice again of of our buddy Alistair is right now in in the EV world just lease the vehicle. There's not a lot of resale and and buying something used and I don't know with batteries and half life and blah blah blah. Um, so and in, in that regard, do you do you, do you get something that's brand new, you know, a first gen version of something and go, yeah, I'm going to lease it for, you know, for two or three years and and give it back. And then maybe I get another one. I don't know. uh, And keep it kind of fresh. Uh, So I kind of feel that way on on the Mustang Mach-E as much as I do like it. I wouldn't be opposed to being an early adopter, but I would would be a, a leasing early adopter. I wouldn't be a purchase early adopter. Whereas, uh, you know, maybe something a little more collectible like a Mach 1 or a wide-body Hellcat, you, you do want to buy, right? Because, you know, you like the limited production and you want to be able to, to go under the hood and do what you want and cut up the car and add some power and and, uh, and all the fun stuff. Add some parachutes, apparently. That's a thing now. <laughs> add some parachutes. Uh, Got to be different. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's good. So what's um, before we wrap up, what's new with you? What else is going on? How's the ranch? Go garage man i'm just i'm just every single day i'm waiting for this garage to start um 
it's it's a it's a huge undertaking you know it man every single time i get the finalized plans i change something so uh you know and it prolongs the process of them breaking ground so i gotta just shut my mouth i gotta be able to click yes uh, reply yes and then go for it and, and then just go get it started but you know it's just it, it, the sound the sound studio was the issue yesterday so we had to change the plans around and you know it's One a thing lot. after another. It's Endless loop. It's all good. It's okay. All good. And then my, my last question for you, and this is completely off topic. Um, I love the, the fact goats. the fainting goats. I love the fact that Wanda got two <laughs> fainting goats. And for those of you who have never heard this before, I forgot the actual name for them, but they are goats and they they're they just faint. They just drop. They That's just. What I just, wanted for Father's Day, dude. <laughs> really? That just that. Yeah, that was that was my request. It wasn't a. It wasn't a surprise. <laughs> so that gives you a little look into the my brain. The fact is, is that you know we've got a plenty of room out here for all different kinds of animals, and why not have them entertain you at the same time when you know you're. Uh, using them for whatever you, where you're breeding them or, or cleaning up the yard, whatever it is, these goats, man, they're hilarious. So what? why not go out at the end of the day, have a couple beers, you know, take your, take your family out there, relax, watch the sunset and watch a goat faint. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Gates came around the corner, the goats running and it goes through a doorway and all of a sudden it gets stiff and lays on the ground. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Why it does it happen? Them. Why does it happen? I don't know. I have no idea. I, but I mean, they're fine I, with a, it, right? A, this whole, this, I don't know, this whole breed of goat, they all do this. It's, yeah, I don't know what it's, it is. It's not, it's, it, it looks like they have paralysis for a ver- for like five seconds and then they just wake up and go about their business. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen, but I, I was very much intrigued by it and you've got this much property. Why not? I mean, life's about enjoying yourself and putting a smile on your face. So I saw I got a video. Two fainting goats. I saw the video. I think that, uh, that Wanda posted and they were playing <laughs> and they were, and one of them was like running through a door and just dropped like a sack of potatoes. And then a second Hilarious. later, kind of like got up. It's like, I, I'm good. Like just kept going. Like, I don't, do they realize they're fake? I, I don't know what they're doing. Dude, I got a lot more. I have more questions than you do. Do they do they come like as, as with a fainting trait, or do you have to teach them? Is it something you know? As they get older, they faint better. Do you have to put like a bed near them, you know, so they don't hurt themselves? It's yeah, to get them little man. goat I just helmets. Think they're hilarious. <laughs> I don't know, man. Put them in like one of those uh, sumo suits, so when they land, I don't know. It's it's just why not. I don't know. That's the question. It Why is, not? It is funny. And I, I I guess if they all do it, they're supposed to do it. I don't know what the mechanism is. Maybe No they're... goats were hurt in the video. And no, it they do great it. provides great entertainment. And we, we, we provide them with a wonderful home. All right. Well, that's, that's enough of that. Check out the <laughs> check out Instagram for fading goats, and you'll see, strange but true. See some posts about that as well. All right. Uh, next week, some more fun stuff. Uh, we are we're going to reschedule the Plan B guys for uh, or built the Humvee because I want to get into that as well. Um, they're still testing it, and it's and um, uh, our buddy Tyson is like, I love this thing so much. He's called me twice. He's like, this thing is so much fun. I got to get a second one. <laughs> so, and park, you know, in another, you know, he's got a place in, in Texas. State. He's a Texas boy, but he doesn't live there right now. But uh, 
uh, it seems pretty exciting. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll see you next week. We're going to have Alistair back in as well at some point soon. He's coming. Uh, he's coming in with a lot of this new uh, the news, the Mach One, uh, new Nissan Rogue, new Lexus IS uh, sedan. Those are before before cars. you go. Be- before you go, we know a lot of cars were supposed to debut. Is there another one that uh, fell by the axe because of the coronavirus? Uh, that got pushed. Um, yeah. the Lexus IS just got announced and that was pushed previously. Uh, the Nissan Rogue, which is, you know, another important car for that company that was announced. Uh, Bronco's been pushed a little bit and F-150 has been pushed a little bit, but we, we do have dates for those. And, uh, I, it really just a matter of coincidence, but the Bronco announcement is on OJ's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You gotta be kidding! I swear, everybody blew up about this on on uh, on social media, and Ford's like, I swear it's coincidence. We had no idea that we did not think to Google OJ's birthday ahead of time, but it came up as soon as the announcement came out. I got like three text messages about it, going, "Is this a joke? Did they do this on purpose? I don't know if they did it on purpose. It's a little bit f- hilarious. Uh, I, I'm sure if their plan." Was to debut a white one. They were literally painting it right now because there's no way they're gonna, they, unless they just have a much better sense of humor than I thought they would. I would love for a Ford to be like, "Here's the new Bronco, and it's white." I don't think in this day and age and this time that we're going through, they'll be able to get away. With it. I don't think they're gonna get away with it, but uh, but they're sticking. They don't want to change the date again, so it is what it is. But uh, excited about about seeing that. Um, that's gonna be the next big announcement as well. So what I did was. Uh, uh, as you know, Alistair is usually able to get information on these things before a lot of the people do, and then he's under embargo. So we're trying to time it to when uh, when a lot of this information is out. He'll come into the studio. We can attack it right away without breaking any rules. So uh, we're going to work on that. All right, guys. Good, good show. Uh, glad to have Mario on. Uh, again, it's Gearhead Fabrications. Go to gearheadfabrications.com, I believe it is. Follow them on Instagram and uh, and uh, see all the cool stuff that these guys are doing. Get out and drive, people. Yep. Thanks, guys. Until next time, keep the air and the spare in the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, putting up with all my uh, Mustang Ford talk. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do something different next week. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, before we wrap up, another word from Geico. Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. Geico would just like to say thanks again. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for sharing all the fun stuff. And, uh, you know, we share our videos and uh, pictures and feigning goats, apparently. Uh, well, Geico would just like to say thanks again. And uh, they want to uh, give out a little reward. They want to say thanks with their Geico give back. It's a 15% credit on uh, car and motorcycle policies for both current and new customers. And uh, Geico's committed for the long haul on this one. Their 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info. It's uh, geico.com slash giveback.